I'm glad to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. There's a lot going on. Lots to get to. Lots to talk about. You're just joining us now. The show's been on half an hour. I'm not really sure what your problem is. You can join us at the top and stop playing around. If you don't get off of work until the top of the hour, listen, let me let me get your boss's name and number. And uh, you know what I mean, Carrie? Exactly. I mean, really. Five. You're like, hello, five it's five. V Pags. Can yeah. you let him off earlier? Can you let her off earlier? What's the, what's the issue? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, they We will. started things out with this newspaper. This this It's not even like a flyer. It's like a full, full on newspaper called Free Black Life in Texas, blacklifetexas.com. And um, Black Worship Dinner Tonight, Clergy Hall of Fame or something. And um, the entire thing is completely exclusionary. It's nothing but but black people, black worship, black people um, uh, who own businesses. And look, I'm all for black people having an equal part in society. I'm not here to say that there isn't a role. Of course, there's a role for all of us. But I think that it's the, the role is, okay, we're Americans first. We are pretty much like-minded, secondly. And let's stop the racism. And this is racism. Those who believe that you can't be racist if you don't have the power, that's not true. It's not. Racism is putting yourself above somebody who is of a different ancestry than you. And even worse, punishing them for it. And this is what's happening in this country right now. And it's not okay. I wouldn't be okay with any exclusionary paper, white, black, Hispanic, or anything else. It doesn't make any sense. And, of course, I started the show out by saying it was a white newspaper, and that made people feel uncomfortable. A lot of people knew what I was doing as well. But um, it just it begs the question of society, do you really want equality? Do you? Or do you want to keep on pretending you're oppressed when you're not? You want to keep on pretending that you are uh, being um, prejudged when you're not? You want to keep on saying that there's racism against you when there isn't anymore. There literally is no racism in this country specific to one race. It's like racism against everybody now. And that, again, is a service of somebody like Obama. And I think Obama's third term is happening. Joe Biden isn't in charge of anything. I think it's Obama and and Valerie Jarrett and, and Susan Rice and down the line. I think they're the ones who are running things. And the way they're running things is we must divide as hard as we can to gain as much control as we can. Black people, hear me clearly. They don't care about you. They're doing this to control you. That's what this is about. Now, I'm going to give you another example of it. Because, again, nobody is oppressed in this country today. Nobody in this country is by the machinery of the, of the government institutionalized racism against them. Nobody is dealing with that because it's against the law. And if it happened, a guy like me with my loud voice would be out there fighting with you and for you. It's not happening. Equity is not equality. Equity is socialism. But then you get a stupid story like this one that Kerry has, where, again, this is an everyday thing, another news story trying to perpetrate or trying to push the idea that whites are perpetrating racism against blacks, so much so that blacks deserve something for it. Kerry, what do you have? From The Blaze, an assistant professor in Illinois published an article urging higher education leadership to provide bereavement leave for black faculty and staff to process the psychological consequences of racism. Angel Jones, a critical race theory scholar and a visiting assistant professor in the Department of Educational Leadership at Southern Illinois University, released a column in Time's Higher Education titled, Where's Our Black Bereavement Leave?, and the piece argued that higher education routinely ignores the emotional needs of black faculty and staff, particularly after traumatic events. In the February article, Jones mentioned she emailed her students to offer support following the death of Tyree Nichols, a 29-year-old black man who died earlier this year, days after being beaten and arrested by five black Memphis police officers. 
As I was writing the email, my primary concern was the mental and emotional well-being of my students, Jones wrote. However, the tears streaming down my face as I typed let me know that ignoring my own feelings was impossible, which wasn't surprising given the numerous times I've cried while sending similar emails. Jones accused universities of doing the bare minimum by issuing often performative statements following traumatic events. History has shown us that black educators often have to exert additional emotional energy to pick up the slack the academy leaves behind after it sends its obligatory and often performative statement to the campus community, Jones stated. But while those obviously copy-pasted campus-wide emails are the bare minimum, black faculty and staff don't even get that. I mean, what the hell is this person talking about? Tyree Nichols was killed by five black police officers. They've all been charged with murder. They will be found guilty or not guilty of the criminal charges. But no doubt, they caused his death. They're all five black. So she wants bereavement time, which is time to gather yourself after somebody close to you dies. None of them knew Tyree Nichols. I think it's a horrendous story. I feel just as badly as they do that he died. But I'm white, so because of something that's immutable, something I can't change, I don't get the bereavement time. They should get bereavement time because he's a black guy in Memphis killed by five black people. I'm not sure I understand. But this, again, will be seen as normal, usual, needed because slavery, needed because racism, needed because of oppression, because there are plenty of white people that die every day. Some of the at the hands of non-white people, I'm not asking for bereavement. I have no connection to them. I want bad, pe- bad people to stop killing people. I want good people to, to stop facing bad days. You were weeping as you were writing the, the, the article or the editorial? Really? Or do you just want some time off and get paid? It, it's like the whole black dormitory thing. Only BIPOC can be in the dormitory. And if you're white you are making it unsafe there, which is, of course, not true. But it's acceptable for some reason. And the guy mentioned, I have not seen the Chris Rock special. I will at some point. But I know that Chris Rock, when he does his comedy, says the N-word all the time. Why? Either it's a word or it's not. Let me me tell you something. I will say this. I didn't see Tropic Thunder. Paul, I'm pretty sure you did because I remember you telling me about it when it came, came out about how Robert Downey Jr. played a black guy. I haven't seen it, but it, it made a lot of noise when it came out. And recently, and I, listen, can I be, Carol, let me be honest with you. Okay. Don't tell anybody. Okay. I just don't find Ben Stiller to be funny. He has never done anything, except maybe one scene in There's Something About Mary mm-hmm. that I laughed at. Maybe the one scene in the bathroom, maybe that scene, because you can't unsee it once you see it. Uh, true, yes. But every, I just don't find him funnier. I think I thought his father was much funnier than him. But this isn't—he's a very successful guy. God bless him. But he recently was asked if he's going to apologize, or somebody spread a rumor that he was apologizing for Tropic Thunder, and he says, "I absolutely do not offer an apology. Not a chance." He said, "I never did." If somebody said that I did. I did not. And good for him, because it wasn't. Anybody else's business but his. And Robert Downey Jr. agreeing to do it to play the role of a black guy in the movie. 
Napoleon, did he play the role of a black guy or is he a white guy playing the role of a black guy in the movie? He's playing an Australian actor who's playing a black guy in the movie. So in the movie, we know that he's white playing like he's black. Right. Okay. And he's got an Australian accent the whole time too? Not when he's playing the black guy. He's he's trying to sound like, I guess, what okay. a black guy would sound like. Gotcha. I mean, he even Again, says he- in the movie... There's a line where he says, I'm the dude playing the dude dressed up as another dude or something like that. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. It was Tom was Tom Cruise in that movie? For some reason Tom Cruise jumps yes, out of me. But yes, but he was playing somebody with like prosthetics and so you didn't really it's, recognize it's it just, as him. It's like a bunch of Hollywood friends just made a really silly movie. Yeah. Was there any I mean any meaning to the movie? Uh not really. I mean even Matthew McConaughey had a had a part in it too. Let me ask you a very deep, very intrusive question. Why did you see the movie? It's funny. And because you wanted to. Yeah. Guess you didn't see the movie. Uh, Those who didn't want to. Right. It's kind of that simple. Here's a movie where you know what's going on in the movie. It's made national news about uh, Robert Downey Jr. playing a black guy. I guess a white guy playing a black guy playing another guy. Whatever the hell it is. And you now have a choice. Go see it or don't go see it. So, as much as I prefaced it with the fact that I'm not a huge fan of Ben Stiller, and he's a huge success, so a lot of you are, I am a huge fan of him having a backbone. Just as much as I think it's stupid that he went and said hello to Zelensky over in Ukraine, I'm glad he has a backbone. I am so willing to say, you did that right, you did that wrong, and have an opinion on everything, but why should he apologize? He did it on purpose. They did that movie on purpose. Robert Downey Jr. knew he was going to play that role, and they tried to cancel them. When is, what was that, 10 years ago, Paulo, do you think? Uh, probably. I mean, and, and on, on top of it, I mean, he even played, you know, a, an a, the guy, the Australian guy with blonde hair, like blue eyes, you know. I mean, it was supposed to show, I guess, his range that he was going from being this blonde haired blue-eyed guy to, you know, playing black guy. Wow. Yeah. Carrie, did you see it? Mm, I did not, no. I didn't either. Sam, you mm-hmm. see that movie? Uh, she's screening calls. So my point is very simple. If we stop apologizing for things we didn't do or stop apologizing for whatever we wanted to use our our freedoms to do, then we're going to be better off. If we stop kowtowing and just giving a pass to people who put out a very racist newspaper for a, a racially exclusive event that's happening tonight, if we stop just allowing that without saying, again, they have the right to do it. I'm not here to say they can't put this paper out and they can't have their exclusionary event. But don't don't then turn and say white people don't understand our struggle because of Tyree Nichols as you're excluding white people from every part of your life. That doesn't make any sense. I'm going to call out your racism every time. You want racism gone? I want you to stop being racist too. You want the N-word to be gone? I want you to stop saying the N-word as well. You want equity, true equity? I want to see 64% white people playing in the, in the NBA tomorrow. What? Oh, that's racist? No, it's not. That's exactly what you want in every other uh, aspect of life, except for NFL football and NBA basketball. But hockey is way too racist because it's too white. We've got to get some sort of diversity action going there. And the person they hired to do it is a white woman or a black woman who is now in charge of diversity in the NHL. Doesn't make a lot of sense. So I'm a little bit confused by how we're doing this. Maybe I'm more confused that more people aren't speaking out like I do. When you see racism happening, if I see white on black racism, I'm calling it out. I see black on white racism, I'm calling it out. Can't tell you how many times in the gym, I was the mediator. 
going, hey, man, this, these, this group of people has no problem with you, and that guy over here doesn't have any problem with you because I was friends with both of them. didn't matter if it was a group of black guys or a group of white guys or a group of Hispanic guys. None of that mattered. None of it mattered. Yet, for some reason, it's acceptable in this day and age to say blacks only. Basically, this paper is saying blacks only without saying it. And that's not okay in my book. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Let me grab one quick one before I hit a break here. I'm going to keep you holding all day. Bruce, what's going on in Minnesota? Hi. Do something. I said I'm on hold. Okay, okay. You're still on hold. There you go. Uh, Bruce was not ready to, to come on the show, so we'll hit a break. When we come back, we'll take some phone calls and, uh, and wrap this one up for you. There's lots more coming, including a former NYPD cop who said he was fired because he's friends with Roger Stone. I'll have that entire interview next uh, next hour as well. Keep it here. 888-941-PAGS. Go to JoePags.com. Click on Watch to go see our three big interviews from last Friday. And I put up two Instagram reels right before we started today. A couple of come on videos. Go there and click on the Instagram logo or go to Instagram and put in Joe Talk Show. We're back after this. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by a Motown Monday edition of the Joe Pag Show. Glad to have you here. Come on, man. Stevie Wonder, Steve Land Morris is his real name. Discovered when he was, I think, eight by Barry Gordy at, uh, at Motown Records. I've had the privilege of going to Motown. Music City USA is what the, what the placard says out front. And I had the honor of, uh, of talking with uh, Barry Gordy's sister, uh, Esther Gordy Edwards. She's since passed. But that, I think, was for the 30th anniversary of Motown. In 1990-something, 1997, 1998, something like that. It was really quite an experience going down there. If you're anywhere near Detroit, get to Grand Avenue and go check out the Motown Museum. It's pretty awesome. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Glad to have you here. i uh, got to remind you that Super Beats Heart Chews are delicious. They taste great. They make you feel great. Nice boost of energy. Helps you to support a great healthy lifestyle, and also supports a healthy blood pressure. You do everything you can to get your blood pressure in check. You exercise, you eat right. I try to anyway. Now you've got Super Beats Heart Chews on your side as well, paired with a healthy lifestyle. Super Beats Heart Chews polyphenol compound is nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone, which is great. It means more energy circulation and blood pressure support that is easy and it's convenient. If you haven't tried these yet because you're like, I don't want some supplement. It doesn't taste like medicine. It doesn't taste like a supplement. It tastes just like a, a nice snack. They, they taste delicious. They smell delicious. And again, they're going to help you support that, that very healthy lifestyle. Double your potential with Super Beats Heart Chews and support nitric oxide production too. Healthy blood pressure, blood flow, heart-healthy energy. Plus, they're plant-based and gluten-free. Get to the website right now. You can check into a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews and free shipping with your first order by going to superbeatsradio.com slash PAGS. It's a free bag of heart chews only available at superbeatsradio.com slash PAGS. Superbeatsradio.com slash PAGS. Make it happen right now. Let me go to the phone lines. I appreciate you taking the time. Going to be um, line five is Lee in Minneapolis. Lee, what's going on? Hi. Hearing what you were saying, Joe, if I was a white guy, I would go over there with my soul food restaurant. I'd grab my white friend and say, yeah, we're coming down with Bubba's soul food. And then when I got there, they'd say, are you Bubba? I'd say, no, he's Bubba. Because I remember when Michael, George Michael, 
went to the BET Awards, and he won Best Male Artist for the Year. And he was really happy and touched. He almost cried. And uh, he said that that was one of the things that he did was he made music for black people. He was glad that he had won the award. So I would test them out. I would expose them. I would go down there. If I was a white guy, I would get my friends. I would go down there, maybe dress in black and go down there like it's a funeral and go down there and see how they treat me to expose what's going on, you know, down there. Because, uh, you know, like a lot of it, is it just because maybe they don't know where they come from geographically because they don't know where they hail from, from Africa? Like a lot of the modern day Africans, you know, the Somalis say they Somali, uh, Ethiopians say Ethiopian restaurant, you know, the Swedish Institute. They, I mean, obviously that's mostly white folks, but I can go over there when they have something. They don't say, oh, what's the Swedish Institute? You can't come in. You know, but I know it's uh, to look at Swedish culture, but, you know, I'm a mixed race person and I have a little bit of Swede in me. So gotcha. I found that out over the last few years and I wanted to go over there to maybe catch up on something. And the thing of it is, it's like, um, I remember there used to be this uh, uh, one show where they would say who's blacker and they would do a, a, a test on people like Snoop Dogg or whatever. I do not remember and, that, no. And, yeah, and they would test them to see how much black they had in them. And a lot of times when the results came back, they didn't have much black in them as much as they thought. They had a lot of European in them and stuff, and it came out in the uh, in the uh, uh, gene- genealogy test. And so they would have two black uh, celebrities come on, and they'd say, who's blacker? And then they would go, and they'd come back with the genetics, and, and they'd be amazed to see that they had Italian or you know, Spanish or something in them. So they, so a lot of those people, if they're going down there, and it's like, well, hey, did you guys get your genetic test before you got in here? Because you, you're not coming in as pure bloods. You got mixed your racers and so. And look at look at uh, Patrick Mahomes. They call him black. He can go there, but he looks more white complected than he does more black complected. All you got to do is look at him hold his daughter. You know, she's got that blonde hair, just not from her mom, but from Patrick Mahomes too. You know, my yeah, I got you. I got to run, brother. I got. I, I love you like a brother. I got to run. Uh, not, not, at least you get a talk show. Give me two and a half minutes. Fill some time there. It was very good points uh, made. Uh, the bottom line is, no, don't check your ancestry. No, don't check and see if you're a, plur, uh, a pure blood. How about you have events in the community that invites the entire community that maybe you can expand your horizons and everybody can get along with everybody. Keep it here. Joe Pag Show coming back. This is the Joe Pag Show.